Hey everyone, welcome to the Higher Points Podcast. I'm Nick Sauer sitting here in the studio with my buddy Nate Hyatt coming at you with a to the point. If this is your first time listening, a to the point is usually anywhere from 20 to maybe 30, 45 minutes-ish to just kind of let us talk about things that have been bouncing around our mind, things we've been dealing with, or just things that we've learned that we kind of maybe wanted to pass on. Um, and then usually we'll have like another full length where we'll interview someone podcast style and just kind of bring their unique perspective to life and all of that kind of stuff to the podcast. But today is, like I said, a to the point. So we'll keep it nice, short and sweet and uh, not try to bore you with uh, too much of what we have going on. So what's up, buddy? What's been going on? Anything fun? Oh, you know, just working my life away. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then not getting to bed at decent times from what you were yeah. saying? Yeah. Well, it's more of like I get get to bed at like 10, 30, 11 at the latest, but it's waking up at 5 in the morning. That it's okay. It's a struggle. You're, you're a young buck. You yeah. got this. Everything's fine. We'll get through it eventually. Yeah. I, uh, like, you know, for me, like it's been this, this last week has been interesting. Um, I think it's... You know, I, I often pray for God to use me for his uses, whatever that may be, whether that's seeking the office of sheriff or, you know, let's, I don't know, let's say he wants me to be a construction worker or next gen builders. Like, I, I don't know what that is, like whatever it is. And, you know, the, uh, you know, I, I read this interesting quote that says, so, you know, the, the scripture talks about um, the, the devil being like basically a hungry lion, you know, like essentially um, prowling to prey on your soul. Um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing there. I probably did not get that verbiage correct. But it, I, I saw this interesting thing is was like, so the, the devil's a thief and thieves don't don't like rob empty homes. Right. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's something there for him to take something there that he wants. Right. And so I'm trying to look at the trials that I've had just this last week through the, the godless society that we had that we talked about with Bill that is just moving away from the natural order. Um, there's also a piece of scripture in Isaiah 520, if I remember correctly, that basically talks about how um, there will the good will be seen as, as bad and bad will be seen as good. And that's kind of a little bit of where um, I feel like we're at right now in our society and and. You know, when you're trying to do your best to hold that line in my line of work and, um, you know, you're going to get a lot of people that attack you. Um, oh, by the way, it is Isaiah 520. It says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And I just feel like, you know, it's I, I have had experiences in my law enforcement career where I've arrested somebody and they have owned their shit. When I'm like, Hey, my apologies for inconveniencing you because those are normally words that I would say. And a few people have said, what are you talking about? I'm the one inconveniencing you. I put you here. I made these decisions. You didn't. But lately specifically within the last two or three years, I've seen a lot more attacks of people, not just wanting to own their shit. The people who are, calling evil good and good evil yeah and so that's what's been going on with me lately this last week it's been it's been a trying time for me because everybody wants to belong everybody wants to you know basically like kind of make people happy or whatever nobody really wants to be attacked i mean i don't mind it i'm willing to bear that burden i'm a cop i've been doing this for you know almost 20 years now but still doesn't still not a fun experience like you're going to an amusement park or anything so um that's uh been been an interesting experience this week basically yeah so 
um, Nate had a, a really cool topic that he wanted to talk about. I kind of had my, my mental notes of what I wanted to do. But then when he mentioned what he wanted to talk about, I was like, oh man, like we're going to spend the rest of the, the, to the point on this. And so, yeah. I and this kind of defer. leads into it a little bit, like looking at something good as evil a little bit. Um, because a lot of people look at, um, like a marriage, Christian marriage, and they look at the woman, how it says the woman should submit to the man and the husband as a bad thing, especially, <clears throat> I don't know, that like women need to be independent, strong, and this and that, you know, and that is a lot of times in our society looked at as a bad thing. Um, and like my question really was, is like, what, what does it mean for a man to lead his family spiritually? You know, um, and I want to ask you that because I see you lead your family spiritually, and I just want your answer on that. Yeah, I mean, I guess... And I know you're like a human encyclopedia when it comes to Bible <laughs> verses and oh, almost man. anything. No, so. <laughs> no, goodness, no. Uh, there's so much to know. I mean, I, I'll i tell you, like, you know, we've done different Bible studies. And by the way, if we ever do Every Man a Warrior Bible study again, um, I would like to lead that this time. Um, you actually get a sword, like what's on your arm when you're done. Like it's part of the, a part of the program, but every man, a warrior, I would love to see you come to that. Even if it was just like, cause we only do it like Wednesdays and it's only for like an hour in the evening times. Mm -hmm. But, uh, that's where I kind of started to learn like some of this stuff. And I think that, that, you know, if you immediately became prickly, like, you know, the hair standing up on your neck or you, you know, you're wanting to like rebut against what Nate said. Um, just kind of hear us out a little bit, you know, cause we're, we're probably not going to be saying what you think we're going to say because. Like every person, there are certain parts of Christianity that will say women can't be pastors or preachers because there is a part of the Bible that says that, you know, the women can't be pastors. But if you read that whole story, the women of that particular society were kind of perverting it and using it for the wrong reasons and, and basically preaching the wrong way. And so they were saying, yeah, the women of your society, no, yeah. they cannot. So if you cherry pick those things, you can make this say anything you want. So to answer your question, I'd like to give the whole picture. Mm -hmm. And and keeping in mind, I only had like what five minutes of talking to you to kind yeah, of yeah. I brought this up this. ten minutes ago. I probably should have texted him right and, later. But well, no, no, no. It's fine. You know me. I love thinking on my feet. So mm -hmm. so first of all, here's what most people will hang their hats on. Okay. So if you take a look at Ephesians five twenty two, you will see. And keeping in mind, I'm reading from the New International Version, the NIV. So there's there's differing, uh, some might be few words different if you're reading the NLT or uh, ESV or something like that. So, wives, again, uh, Ephesians five twenty two, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. Okay, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, and his body, of which he is the Savior. So. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also should wives submit to their husbands in everything. Now, for instance, if we were to take that out, cherry pick that, okay? We, we set our phones down mm -hmm. and we talk about just that piece of scripture. Where would that conversation probably go? That you need to do what I say. And yeah, woman, get in no the kitchen, make me a sandwich, yeah. correct? Right. So my first things first to kind of answer your question, I guess, let me back up a little bit. Number one, there's no like prescription okay because my children are vastly different from other children my wife is vastly different from other wives so there's no like cut and dry black and white 
but I can tell you that, you know, this is the truth in the life. And so if you do your best to try to follow this, other things fall into place. And if you put God first and your wife second, everything else will fall into place. Same thing, women. If you put God first and your husband second, everything else will fall into place. And if you're teaching your children that and then also living that, they will do the same thing and have a prosperous uh, marriage should they choose to get married. So if we venture further into this, because the, the title of that is called Instructions for Christian Households. So now we get to basically what the husbands are supposed to do. Now, this gets kind of verbose here. So we'll break it up in a little bit. So if you look at Ephesians 5.25, it says, Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So let's break that down for real quick. Husbands, love your wives. Okay, right? Just as Christ loved the church. Okay, how did Christ love the church? You and I have discussed this before. Do you remember? How did Christ love the church? What did he end up doing for it? He died for the church. Yes. A painful, slow death Mm -hmm. with people spitting on him, hitting him, kicking him, mocking him. And his basically final words were, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. That that's what, that is the level of love that Christ is telling you to have for your life, wife. Meaning, when she goes to Target and spends $458 on stuff that you didn't need, that you still love her through that. That doesn't mean that you tell her that that is acceptable and you can do that and, you know, we can fund that. But that doesn't mean you don't beat her, right? Mm-hmm. You don't beat her. You don't take her stuff from her. You don't like tell her she's dumb. You don't call her names, etc. Okay. So we broke that part down. Okay. So it says, so as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, meaning that you're helping to make her holy by cleansing her and washing her uh, through the water, the word. So you're bringing the word to your marriage. Okay. And that was verse 26. So 526, if you're following along, okay? 527 then furthers and says, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless, okay? So that's the other side of this equation is, you know, it used to be that, you know, when you would enter into a marriage that you essentially, you both were clean and pure, you were both virgins. And it used to be like, at least when I was a kid and of course, after kind of the hippie movement, sex became more of a prevailing thing in our society. Um, but it, it used to be, it's like, now we're going to date to see if we can have sex. Well, now it's like, we're going to have all this sex to see if we can start dating. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like maybe the shift that I've seen, um, at least from talking with younger men. That seems to be the shift. There is a lot of that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're, you're basically not, you know, without stain, wrinkle or blemish. Now, caveat here. Does that mean that a woman that comes to you that has a checkered past is broken, is worthless, and you should throw her away? No. Nope. Because we have all sinned to a place that we can never we can never repay. We can never repay what it is that Christ did for us, ever, period. Like, we are stained constantly with sin. So, if, if they are living openly in sin which is kind of the, my problem with, you know, the gay and the trans and all that other kind of stuff is I still love you. But when I had a friend ask me, am I going to hell? I mean, he, he asked me, like he solicited my opinion. I did not force it on him Yeah. if he was going to hell. And I said, based on the tenets of my faith, I think so, but I'm not sure. It's not my judgment to make. Yeah. I said, because you're living openly in that sin, that doesn't mean that I don't want you to come visit. Be around. And yeah. be in my part of my church because you are redeemable 
I was a significantly less than a, a rep- reputable man for my wife when I was younger. Um, now, keeping in mind, it wasn't going to bars and getting in fights and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But looking back on who I was when I was a younger man, goodness gracious, I just looked at it all wrong. I look back at my marriage and see that same yeah. thing. Isn't it, isn't it interesting how hindsight – I think they say hindsight's twenty twenty. I think hindsight's more like 25. Yeah. Like, you have insanely crisp, clear, and you're like, damn. Like, that's where I messed that up. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's – I it's mean, done. she, like – Looking back, it was like she was trying to get me to go to church and drag me there because she knew, but I didn't see it at the time, you know? Yeah. Which. I think that takes a lot to admit. Everything happens for a reason, but it, it, yeah, it, I mean, it, I was a lost soul, wasn't going to church and was not leading. So again, if we're continuing back to the scriptures, 528, so we're continuing down that same thing. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives. As their own bodies. He who all, he who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does for the church. For we are members of his body. I'll just keep finishing because we're almost done here. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So, in this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Meaning, you are going to treat her with the same love and care and everything that you give yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I think it's interesting because everybody likes to cherry pick that. that th- like, I shouldn't say everybody. There are men that I've literally showed up on domestic violence scenes that they cherry pick that 522 wives submit yourselves to hus- to the, your husbands as you do to the Lord. Yeah. And that's all. And I'm like, okay, I know that I'm like the government official here, but you realize there's significantly more to that scripture, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you need to read the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And And what I find interesting here is just like real life, just like the truth and the way that a real world is – there is significantly more burden here and scripture for the man than there is for the wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was mentoring to a friend of mine at work, um, and he's struggling right now. And I just told him, I said, okay, it's like you have one choice and one choice only. There is only one right answer. I said, where do you go from here? Struggling, He's struggling with the recent loss of a relationship. And it took him a while. But he finally answered. He said, I basically have to pick myself up, dust myself off, and realize where I screwed up and become a better man. And I was like, frickin' Yahtzee. Because at the end of the day, if – so, for instance, um, I really don't want to use that example because I don't want to put you between a rock and a hard place. If if a woman leaves a man and divorces him or Mm -hmm. leaves him or whatever – I mean, you can use that example. They can – Okay. Well, but, no. So if they leave, <laughs> if they leave and go to another relationship, mm-hmm. right, they're going to have another man that is, should be stepping into that role, fulfilling the, making sure that the bills are paid, the cars are done, whatever. Okay. And, and I really like the idea of traditional gender roles, but I'm also a man who loves cooking. Okay. Yeah. Traditionally, that would be a woman's job, quote unquote, right? Yeah. But it's it's just a divide and conquer. It's not a 
It's like you're a lower life form, so you do this, and I'm better than you, so I do that. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm it's not very... cleaning the toilet, so you got to clean the toilet. It's like, no, you see the toilet needs clean. Yeah, pick up the brush and clean the fucking yeah. toilet. And and so this excuse is this my excuse my <laughs> this is this is the same thing um, when it comes to leading your your family that way. And I will tell you, there have been times that as a man that I've had to step up and just say no, like it's just it's just not happening. Um, and that same thing can be said if you look at the lower part or the, the end of that scripture that I've talked about many times with friends is 531. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to the, his wife and the two will become one flesh. I have had family members that have tried to influence my marriage mm-hmm. and I stopped that shit quick in a hurry. I don't try to influence your marriage. I don't try to tell you what to do. I don't pick sides. I don't all this other good stuff. You're not doing the same thing in my marriage. Okay. I left my family. That doesn't mean that I don't love them. That doesn't mean I don't support them. That doesn't mean I won't be there for them financially should they need it. But when it comes to my wife and I's marriage, it's my wife and I's marriage and my wife and I's marriage only. Yep. And I even told my wife the same thing. And your relationship isn't going to make sense to everybody. And it doesn't have to. You don't have to defend that relationship to everybody. You know, and I, and I told my wife when we very first got together, I just said, listen, you know, I understand that you need somebody to talk to. I get that. That makes sense to me. But if you're constantly bitching about me to your mother, that's only going to continue furthering a divide. Yep. Okay. And I'm not going to do the same thing to my parents, right? Uh, me, me, I would normally talk to maybe somebody like you or uh, somebody else at work or something like that, but not my parents. Um, yep. That's just not a thing I do because they don't need to know that. They, it doesn't matter. Okay. They need to see my wife as who she is. And that is as your uh, wife, my and wife, the mother of their grandchildren, a, a child, a, a daughter of God, my wife, the, the uh, mother of my children and the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. I mean, the other day we were uh, doing one of my walks for Live Hard, and we pulled out of the cemetery, and she goes, where are you going? Because I headed south on 3rd Street, which is away from our house. And I just said, I'm really enjoying the time with you, and I don't want it to end. So we're going to go down 3rd, take a lap around the lake, and then we'll go home. So, I mean, it's just like those those are the things that you're kind of looking for. Those are the things that when you're leading your family spiritually, and I'll tell you this is something I'm struggling with right now so hard, um, is being present at church because... I can make excuses. Uh, my work schedule sucks for church on Sunday. To make a long story short, I'm either just going to bed and then have to get a couple hours of sleep, wake up and go to church, or I'm sleeping, trying to get into a sleep rotation or whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, I could make it happen. I'd, I'd be miserable, but I could. I found that, you know, the more that you're present in church, the more your children are going to want to naturally follow that. And the statistics follow the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you have like your kids have like a, if the father goes to church, the children are like 80 or 85% more likely to follow Christ. Yeah. Um, a, like a wife that just, it's her and the kids going to church, you know, that is a, I mean, although it is a good thing, it is not what is needed. Yeah. And um, <sighs> also, you know, Eli, you've heard me talk before on here, Eli kind of struggles with that going to church thing. And I think some of that's because of the example that I've set. The little mm-hmm. dad doesn't find it as important. He can sleep through, so so can I. But he's at an age, too, where it's like, what's in it for me, right? Like, it's his relationship with God, not mine. So when you're leading your family, whether it's your wife or your children, you cannot force Christ down their throats. If it's something that's maybe not for them, all you the best thing you can do is just embody and live 
the lifestyle that Christ wants you to live. Because if you try to force it, oh man, it's just like what I was talking about with a mother-in-law. You're going to drive a wedge. Yep. I mean, I saw that at, at Sterling when I was there a little bit, you know, that there's some of that, they try to force it down your throat and trying to go to chapel. And I understand it's a Christian college, but, um, you know, it's like school, like you get one out of it, you get out of it, what you put into it basically. Yeah. And, and, and then I, cause I, I kind of have struggled a little bit with like, man, you know, like as Eli kind of venturing away from that. But when I was at training a couple of weeks ago, he calls me and he's, he's angry and he, and, uh, well, uh, was I training? Yeah. Anyway, we actually, I was sitting down in his room and he says, um, Hey, I need to talk to you. It's important. Like I really need to talk to you about something. And so to make a long story short, a girl had worn this necklace with a cross upside down and she'd had some like pentagram stuff on her shirt. And he said that infuriated him, which I was like, what? Like, where's this coming from? Because every time I ask him, to, I shouldn't say every, but most time I ask him to go to church, he's like, I've heard it before. I know what it says. Like, I don't know is usually what I get. And I'm just like, whoa, like, where is this passion coming from? Like, cool, mm-hmm. you know. But then he starts going on to the story where he's like, well, I walked up to her and I told her if she doesn't take that off. I'm going to rip it off. And I was like, eh. oof. And I'm like, just listening to him, you know, and he's he's venting and getting his passion and saying he went and told the the school and the school said, ain't nothing we can do about it. She has the freedom of expressing her religion, which they're very true on. I mm-hmm. don't disagree with that. And so I'm just kind of sitting there and then he's like, so, and I'm like, okay, like I heard you. Did you just want me to listen or were you wanting my opinion? And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I really want your opinion. I said, okay. I was like, first things first. I was like, I think that your passion for the love that you have, obviously for Christ is awesome. I said, but you went about it all the wrong way. I said, cause here's what happened, man. I was like, you further pushed her away from Christ and showing that you were essentially going to be violent. Like, right. Like we didn't give the love and the grace. She now, saw that aggression. And she's like, Oh, yeah, Christians yeah. are this way. This is a Christian. Exactly. Yep. You're furthering her to the path towards Satan. Like, you know, like, you know, Christ is standing right beside her, just hoping that even to catch a glance in his direction from her. Mm-hmm. And you furthered her from, from that, from that happening. And I'm saying, not, I'm not, now I'm not telling you, and number one, there isn't a time for violence. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but in this instance, this was not the time. I said, that doesn't mean that you have to tell her, ooh, I like that. That's cool. That's nice. But you still treat her with love and grace because she is still a child of God, whether she knows it or not. Yep. He still loves her. He still died for her. You know, it didn't say he died for the Jews. It didn't say he died for, you know, uh, just this guy or that guy. It says everyone. <laughs> and so, I was like, that's how you truly bring people around to like that understanding. And so the biggest thing in leading your family to bring some of this all together and keep in mind, I could sit here and give you tons and tons more scriptures, but is number one, love God more than you love anything else, more than your, your own mother. Okay. Like that needs to be the focus being in present in his word. And I say every day as a man that isn't present every day um you know i get the daily scriptures you know and i'll read that and i get pastor ken's daily devotional that he writes to me but or writes to people and sends to me but you know being present in that just opening to a certain part and just start reading or doing a bible study or doing it a specific way and because again it is it is literally like like that book that you were showing me for being a subcontractor. Like it is the guide for how you do things. It's mm-hmm. no, you're, you're building literally a building inside of you, which houses the Holy Spirit. Yep. 
And if you're not looking at the plans and the blueprints and the book, none of it's going to make sense. Right. I mean, it, or if you build it, it's going to be built on sinking, not a good sinking sand. Yeah. So being present in that and then not only just checking the boxes of like, Oh, I go to church on Sunday. No, it's a lot more than that. Oh, I, I, I go to the, the, the Wednesday night services too. So I'm, I'm good. I'm covered. No, it's literally living and walking that in essentially everything you do and you won't be perfect. You won't. There's no possible way Nobody to Nobody ever is. But the thing that's important as you're guiding your family is Christ knows what's in your heart. And then like what's truly in your heart is going to exude. And I can't tell you how many people have asked me, like, how do you do it? I'm like, do what? Then he's like, you just like, it just seems like you're just so calm. Like just things just don't really bother you. And I'm like, well, I, I mean, I used to literally fear death when I would drive around in my patrol car thinking about getting shot at and drive through the cemetery. It would frighten me. It no longer does. Not saying I want to die, yeah. but I and know. It's not saying you're going to be unsafe and yeah. the way you carry yourself. And, but I know that I'm loved and where I'm going and that like he loves me, even though the people that have been attacking me this last week don't. And that's where it comes from of just that peace and just knowing that he's there with me and that he knows what's in my heart and that I'm trying to follow him and I'm just trying to do my best. So be present in the word, live it. Don't force it down your family's throat. Mm -hmm. When they see you living it, they will follow. Yep. It's literally field of dreams. You build that they will come. Lead okay. by example. You will. Lead from the front. You will. You know, it's, this is, I mean, extreme ownership. You know, they talk about leading from the front and all that. And Andy talks about it. And it's not, they didn't just come up with that concept. You know, that is one thing Sterling College has. I mean, servant leadership is their flagship thing. You know, be a servant leader. And that is what it takes. Well, I think it's interesting to see the push in the leadership community now. They're like, oh, well, about the servant leadership. And I'm like, you realize that was written like 2,000 years ago. Like mm -hmm. if you guys had been following this all along, you wouldn't have this problem instead of trying to do these these hacks of people's brains and personality. You know, you start to live by that rule and guide of faith and treat people that same way. Like I can promise you, and it's it might be overnight if you're just one of those sensations that all the things fall in the right place. But again, like you with your business – I'm not saying that you got to pray at the beginning of every day and force people to do that. That's not what I'm saying. But the way that you treat your people in your business, the way you treat your customers, your employees, um, you treat the uh, person at the front desk where you're getting um, uh, like building permits and things like that. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that will pay the dividends later on in life and will see you exceptionally prosperous. Now, you may not have five, ten million dollars in the bank, but you will look back on a life well lived. And you will realize like, okay, what I did was all worth it. Mm -hmm. And Sigmund Freud said it best. One day in retrospect, the years of struggle will strike you as the most beautiful. That's essentially what I'm saying to wrap that up. Unless yep. you have more questions. Nope. That is covers about what I wanted to cover. So yeah, well, I'm sure we could, we could have a full length uh, podcast on this stuff, but well, my thing is, I think it would be interesting to really do like maybe a deep dive into some of those type of, um, you know, topics mm -hmm. of like, not only does what the scripture say, but like, what are some men that are embodying it? And, and not to say that we're putting those men at a place of idol. We're not worshiping them. Yeah. But like, here's kind of a guide with which how to live it. Because let's face it, Jocko Willink is a sinner. Andy Frasilla is a sinner. Yep. Um, I'm a sinner. I am a sinner. Yeah. yeah. How many times have you heard me cuss on this podcast? That is against the word of God. Um, and, you know, but 
I think it would be interesting to do some deep dives into maybe some of that stuff where maybe we can do some research and maybe pull some things out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be interesting also sometime to have my pastor on here because he literally taught high school kids. Like that was his, like he literally goes up front in our, in our, uh, services and essentially is almost like a professor. Yeah. And teaches us and he gives like the maps. And what's going on at that time in the period? And he brings it all together and paints this picture of like, why does the scripture say this? Or this obscure name that you've never heard before. Well, who were they? Why were they important? Sometimes it's like, I don't know. We see him once here in scripture and we never hear about him again. Nobody writes about him ever mm-hmm. again. But he's there for a reason. Yeah. And, and so sometimes he has to say, I don't know. But I think it would be interesting to deep dive into some of that. And I still haven't lost sight of. Um, I'd really like to do that. Like almost a Knights of the Round Table, but like a Men of the Round Table. I told you that like mm-hmm. w- way back when we were first doing this. You know, like I'd like to see like Tory Tip, Jeremy Corbett, um, Dallas, you, me, you know, and anybody else that you'd like to see on that. I just like like even if we get most of those guys on like Google Meet or something like that, and we like, but I'd really love to go around and like ask these same questions. Like, what is it to be a godly man? Yeah. And then just let the conversation just do what it is. If yeah. they if they spend an hour and a half on that one conversation like Yahtzee. On the one question. You know, yeah. like Yahtzee. But I, so I think that would be cool to do sometime. Um, no, I agree. As a, as a future thing. Um because I definitely need more growth in that area as well. And but, another thing is like I see there's like from where I'm standing now looking at my career like there's two paths I can go down and it is work all the time and work and not be present with whoever my future wife may be and kids, you know, or I can take this path and be a present father, be a leader, have a successful business. And that's the path I'm going to choose. Yeah. And I'll, I'll also encourage you as someone that's living it is it's just like Jocko's book, Dichotomy of Leadership. Like there might be some weeks, Nate, that you are working that 80 hour week, mm-hmm. but, and then that next week might be a 75 hour week. And then the week after that, you decide it's a 20-hour week. Yep. So there's never going to be a time where you're just going to say, nope, like I'm a family man all the time. Because then you're going to have a really great and prosperous family, but maybe not a really great and prosperous business. Yep. The thing that you need to worry about is you work so much that you get all this wealth and knowledge and all this other kind of stuff. And then you come home to a family that you're a stranger to. Yep. But I don't want that. That's the thing that you should be worried about. I don't want that at all. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a teeter totter. There's no right. There's no perfect or right answer to that. Yep. So you definitely have to kind of judge it. And I'll tell you, your wife will give you the signs when you have been missing too much. Trust me. You'll know, you'll see them. (laughs) I promise. Especially when you get kids. Yeah. Because, I find it also interesting when it comes to leading your family of, you know, my, my children understand that my wife is also a little more nurturing. She's going to say, Hey, no, don't stop that. And that's kind of the, and she might raise her, well, she raises her voice quite a bit to be honest, but when they start speaking up to her, but then the very moment that my voice comes into the conversation, all the bullshit stops. And that's another thing you're looking for. You're looking for healthy fear. Mm-hmm. Not a fear that when you go in for a hug, they cower because they think they're going to get hit. But don't be afraid to occasionally spank your child. Yep. Okay. I'm not saying hit him in the face. I'm not saying like punching him in the nose. But like I'll tell you, like a couple of weeks ago, my daughter, 
she started stomping around my house and treating my wife poorly. And this is kind of a trail that she's been leading down. And I was like, I'm at the end. And I came around that corner with a belt in my hand and all the bullshit stopped. And I will tell you, from that moment on now, she has been a very different child. Lovey-dovey, willing to listen. And she comes up to me and hugs me all the time. So it's not like she's like, uh, like scared of me. Yeah. But I'm telling you, like. Oh, that's you, only just the beginning for you with her, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> um, and, and there is a point with which whippings will stop when they get older. But, um, you know, it's it's one of those things of as a man, you're going to step in and you will tell your children. Like, there is a very broad, thick line in the sand. I will not tolerate you speaking to your mother that way. Mm-hmm. There are consequences. Um, again, we are loving our lives or wives as Christ loved the church. I'm not going to allow somebody to treat my wife that way. Period. End of story. Yep. Like, you want to see the mean Nick come out? That's how you get the mean Nick. That's how you get the Nick that likes will, will, will be willing to be violent. Yep. I'm very protective of that. And that's the thing that also scares me in this upcoming election is, is like, you want to attack me, fine. But my family, I will not take kindly to that. Um, I'm just saying that I'm, I'm very protective of my family. You want to yeah. attack me because I made a mistake? Number one, if you attack me and I made that mistake, I'm going to be the first person to tell you, yep, I made a my mistake. bad, yeah. and I own that. And here's what I did to fix it. So, yep. anyway, getting off subject there. So... Did I answer your question sufficiently? Yep. You got it. All right. I'm glad. Clear as mud. <laughs> That's some crap and you know it. <laughs> so I guess we'll go ahead and just close it out. That's a pretty good little podcast. And, uh, you know, don't don't uh, be surprised if there's a lot more religious stuff that we uh, talk about on here because I feel like it's something that uh, the word needs to be spread. So it's something that we're definitely missing in our society. So, um, on that note, thanks for listening to the higher points guys. And this to the point, hope you enjoyed it. Um, we would appreciate the likes, the shares, the reviews for the podcasts. Check us out on our Instagram at the higher points on Facebook and check out the website. You guys have a good week. We'll catch up with you guys next time. <laughs>